To help farmers cope with the current drought conditions, we continue our discussion with John Maher, speculating recovery time from the extended dry period. But first, I asked him about the best practice for feeding cows at this time. We'll take a scenario where on some level of grass, a third of the diet is grass, a third of the level of the diet is, is silage, and a third of the level of the diet is uh, meals or concentrate. We see that the performance is actually holding quite well um, in terms of uh, volume of milk. Okay, I'd admit that the protein is not increasing, but it's holding. So in terms of animal performance, animals are happy, um, they're being fed well, irrespective of what strategy you probably take. They're quite content in the hot weather, provided they have water. And we have to be very, very wary of the water scenario because um, the, of the dry matter of the diet, grass is now 25% dry matter um, where there's a level of green material even, but where you go to brown material, it's even gone beyond that into the 30s. Um, when you're feeding silage and concentrate, that dry matter is also higher. The temperature as it goes from you know 18 degrees, 30 degrees per day, um, uh, the water intake increases by a third. So between dry grass, dry feeds and high temperature, the water intake of the average cow has now doubled. And people have to wear that. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of water systems are under pressure due, can, due to e- either inadequate volume coming to the truck or inadequate pressure on in the pipe to bring the water to the truck. So, you know, we have to improvise and that can mean either supplying the island with access to two water trucks or bringing in outside water just to top up uh, the animal's um, water intake. So, you know, it depends what scenario you are in terms of feed. Some people are using concentrate, some people are on silage. If I go to the East Coast, in many cases, all the grass is gone. They're eating um, a silage-based diet with six or seven kilograms a meal. Other people are improvising using straights like soy hulls, palm kernel or three-way mixes. They're putting them um, available to the animals either in the shed are um, buying uh, big water trucks, 500-gallon water trucks, putting them in the paddocks and letting the animal do what I call takeaway or graze these trucks during the day. And they can get a nice intake of, of four or five kilos on these sources right during the day, which helps alleviate the grass deficit situation. For feeding six kilos of concentrate in the parlour, um, how far would you go with your, your hulls or your palm kernel in the field? Yeah, so like we've, we've been in these scenarios before where there's a deficit in feed, you know, in the spring largely because we're short of silage or something like that, where we go three kilos in the morning, three kilos in the evening in the parlour and three kilos in the middle of the day. So to me, it is easy to go from um, five or six kilos up to nine, provided that the cow has adequate time to to handle this material. So they stick to the feeding in the parlour in the morning and evening and come in with then what I would call either takeaway or snack, for want of a better way of describing it, with two to three kilos. So, you know, eight to nine, most people can do quite easily. After that, now it gets tricky, right? And you have to be very, very careful on, on, on the animal's diet. But look, at eight to nine kilos a meal, you're almost half the animal's intake, provided then they have some sort of long fibre and that can be you know, a level of grass in the field or silage or hay, then the animal, provided she has water, right, would be would be fine. And many people are doing that at the moment and getting on absolutely fine. But there is long fibre in the diet, either um, hay or, or um, uh, round bale silage or silage um, and adequate water. I'm going to put you now in the shoes of a farmer and I'm yeah. going to give you a few scenarios. You're growing the, the average grass um, that we're seeing on farms at the moment, say 47, 50 kilos. Yeah. What are you feeding your cow? So in that scenario, like if you if you take if we take, uh, I'll just to, to keep it simple. I'll just I'll go an excessive stocking right now, but just for the numbers are nice and round, which is four cows per hectare. Now not many are at that, right? So that's the man 
somewhere around um, you know sixties um, or seventies very very quickly. So if we're growing um, you know in in the fifties, we roughly have two thirds of our diet or three quarters of the diet can be grass. So it's easy just going with meal straight away. We know many second cuts are either being grazed or actually low in, in yield. So this is a means of saving on that winter forage and concentrates your first port of choice. And going to five or six kilos will easily alleviate that situation. Let's go to another scenario if we follow on in which we're only growing maybe 20s or 30s and you know we need something else other than concentrate. So to me then it would be like if we take a demand of 65, 66 and we're growing somewhere in the early 20s. So about a third of the diet will be grass, right? A third of the diet will be um, uh, ration or meal and a third of the diet will be um, silage. Just as two scenarios. And let's take it down just to the following scenario where we're down at 10 or 15 kilos. Yeah, to me in that, you know, the grass is now the takeaway portion of the diet, right? Um, I probably will let them um, move around in a in a semi-fixed rotation, maybe 20 days, just to keep them moving around the farm, um, give them some grass in the diet. But the vast majority of diet now will be silage and meal. And you're in a scenario where you're on six or seven kilos of meal and plus, the, you know, the mainstay of the diet is silage. So that can be done in numerous ways. They can be in by night, right, eating silage um, and get their ration and do a small bit of grass during the day. Some people then are, you know, parking um, the cows in two or three paddocks, divide them in three, near enough to parlour, with shelter, with a big water truck and paddocks that I would say are designated for receding because the level of dung pad buildup will be high in those because you're parking the cows in those kind of corners. But... They would need shade, they would need a good supply of water um, and adequate access to silage, you know. So it's either bale trailers or ring feeders, but at least that they have access. And, you know, unfortunately, in that case, the, mass, the vast majority of the, of the diet is now silage and, um, and, and six or seven kilos of meal. Less than ideal, I suppose. Yes, but um, necessary. Yeah, we spoke about four weeks ago to Gillian O'Sullivan on the Dairy Edge podcast and she mentioned that this is the gift that keeps on giving in terms of the year we've had and it's gotten, I think, a, a lot worse um, in the scenario of the farmer. Um, see, there's an, a very low outlook in terms of rain coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, can you make a comment on that in, in terms of when this has happened last um, in in Ireland and what sort of recovery was achieved say in the next six months after it? Yeah, well okay, I suppose historically uh, in my lifetime I can remember 1984 was a fairly drought year there was parts of the country 1989, 1995, 2006 uh, a, a level of drought in 2013 and now 2018 however all those previous droughts I mentioned came in July, August um, the last drought to come like this was 1976, I gather. I was young at the time. I don't remember it, but I gathered the drought started around the same time as we, were, we are now. So unfortunately, we're entering, entering into the lowest rainfall month of the year in July. So as you said, the outlook for large volumes of rain um, are um, limited, to say the least, and and unlikely. So we're going to end up in this scenario um, for a while, probably. Um, we certainly know the next 10 days has nothing in the horizon in terms of rainfall. So that brings us almost to the middle of July. So to me, then, we have to look at trying to maximise what we can do in the back end and be ready to capitalise when rain will come. Um, I'd love to see it in July, but I'm not going to hold my breath on it. 
even when the rain it does come, it takes two to three weeks, depending on the level of rain, to get the farm to turn into a, what we call a growing farm uh, and to supply adequate grass, which unfortunately for many now, that means it will be August and that you, you know, get back to the farm recovering, hopefully um, by the early days of August. That, now, that may be unpalatable to hear, but that looks the reality of the situation. Um uh, and I say that because the next 10 days have no rain. That brings us to mid-July. It takes two weeks for any level of recovery. That brings us to the 1st of August. So then we set the farm up to try and maximise the amount of grass on the farm during August and September. Now, we know from the 1st of August to the middle of September, we can achieve growth rates, you know, on average. If we look at pasture-based data, you know, in the in the early to mid-60s. So there's an opportunity there to capitalise on on um, on grass growth, provided a reasonable volume of moisture comes. Um, there will be release of nitrogen from the soil because the bugs have shut down during the drought. There will be excess um, levels of nitrogen available um, because of, um, you know, low uptake in the recent times and low um, utilisation of that nitrogen. So there's a good chance we'll grow a nice bit of grass to get back on, um, you know, the right track in terms of grazing and maybe generate some surpluses on the farm as well to try and recover some of the lost forage eaten during June and July. Um, but that that opportunity will come somewhere along the way and we have to capitalise on it. So I suppose we're in this for the long haul. We really need to look at our own farm situation and yes. put a strategy in place to how yes. we're going to best feed the cows. Yeah, just one last comment. Like people, um, unfortunately, have been hoping um, for rainfall to come. We really have to be, you know, people who have grass on the farm now, they're lucky enough, but they need to hold on to it. And you need to be proactive and keep trying to push that grass out ahead of you by bringing in supplementation now and trying to hold the level of cover on the farm and hold the rotation as long as possible. I understand, obviously, the growth rate keeps declining as it is now, right, that, you know, eventually you will run out. But you're trying to delay that run out as long as you possibly can. Okay. And finally, I guess, you know, we're talking about feeding the cow and hydrating the cow and giving her a bit of shade. But it's important, I suppose, to remind farmers, you know, they're out in the out in the weather um, all day. So, you know, to keep hydrated and wear sun cream too. Yeah, I suppose the other thing is like, you know, it's it's a stressful time now, unfortunately, for farmers after a difficult spring, um, you know, so, you know, and it is easy um, uh, for, for farmers to, you know, start getting a bit down about things because of the nature of the problem we have. So, you know, it's important to keep hydrated. I think it's also important that everybody who's working on the farm carries a mobile phone. So if something goes wrong, that everybody is contactable. It's just a thing that we come into the time of year now, July and August, in which there's, you know, kids off for school, people, you know, come into the farm. And it's also, you know, traditionally, unfortunately, in terms of health and safety, one of the higher months for fatalities. A mobile phone helps overcome some of those fatalities or injuries. That's great. Thank you, John. Okay. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to John Maher for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge. <laughs>